We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics, whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic, so I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic, a discussion between a professional film critic and lecturer and me, his wife of 20 years, who just likes to watch movies for fun. I'm your co-host, Julia. This is Barry the Film Critic, or as I will be known tonight, Film Critic Ken, and this is Barbie. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, you went right to that. You're like, I can't wait. <laughs> Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks Some things have been happening that might be related When my world shakes Cold shower Ooh. Falling off my roof ah! And my heels are on the ground <gasps> Flat feet! What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world you can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am Closer I am I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world. What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh! No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Even if nobody else along. Humans only have one ending. Get that Barbie! Ideas live forever. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. Yes, we are talking about the most controversial film of 2023. Um, so we're recording this. Barbie movie's only been in theaters for less than a week, but I, I mean, you know, maybe this, maybe this will be old hat if you're listening to it like a year from now but man people can't stop talking about the barbie movie 
It's true. Lots of conversations. Yeah. Do you think maybe people listen to this like a year from now and they go, oh man, do you remember? Oh man, 2023. Remember when people were all worked up about yeah. the Barbie movie? Remember how dumb that was? Yeah, like that's so stupid. It's just a Barbie movie. But man, oh, people want to put all sorts of things on this movie. A lot of things in the weight of the, the shoulders of that little plastic doll. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't think Barbie was ever meant to carry all of that. But people would say, well, they shouldn't have made it that way then. That movie is it's just too politically and socially relevant. And you know what, folks? Look, it, just to jump to it, they could have made this everything that you could predict. It could be just a movie about, okay, girls, let's go, let's go to the dream house and have a bigger party than Ken. Like, this could have been just the stupidest, most easy, just connect the dots kitty movie it really could have and instead they gave it to Greta Gerwig and I love that because that's really the most insane choice for me this movie is I don't like it as much as Ang Lee's Hulk but it's a similar thing where they gave the film to a real artist who makes their work personal and this artist took chances and did some some things that were really bold. Um, this movie does not need to cost as much as it does. This film doesn't need to be as surreal as it is. And it definitely doesn't need to have, uh, you know, as many socially relevant points as it does. But the fact that this movie has all of that, it makes me love it because this film didn't need to be about anything. That's really true. But let's get into it because... Sorry, was I Ken-splaining? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's Kenuff, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> sorry, I'll sit in my Ken corner. <laughs> so, my fabulous attire. <laughs> do you want to be Beach Ken, or what do you, who do you want to be? Move, film critic Ken? Oh, I'll be film critic Ken. You okay. got it. Can I sit like on like a director's chair with like a huge like megaphone and with a little ascot and then a yeah. and a beret? As long as you're sitting on a beach, I think it's fine. Oh yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. with all the other Kens. Mm. Do I? Can I hang with the Barbies? I don't want to hang no, with the Kens. Only Alan hangs with the Barbies. You know, I, there's nothing wrong with being Alan then, because like that's pretty cool. Because <laughs> the Kens, too much bro down, hoe down for, for me. You know, I would want to hang with the Barbies. I really would. Yeah, I think the Kens want to hang with the Barbies, but I think the Barbies are a little disinterested in the Kens. And I, well, let's talk about that when, and when we get there. Okay. All right. All right. So, what is the plot to this movie? <laughs> well, apparently, we'll start with the opening. With the Helen oh, Mirren man. opening. God bless you. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, of all people who wrote this, they open with a Kubrick reference. And it's from the trailer, too. Like, I, I was not really crazy about this in the trailer. I thought, okay, that's cute and funny. but Like, didn't you think it was a gimmick just for the trailer? Yes. And yes. I thought, who's going to get this? Because yeah. this is like, this is when I, was, when I was a teenager, Wayne's World 2 came out, and there's a Graduate parody. The movie ends with a parody of The Graduate. And I'll, I'll admit, I didn't get it because <laughs> it was 1993, and I hadn't seen the, I hadn't even heard of The Graduate at that point. So, you know, I, I caught up with it. And then when I was, you know, teaching film classes, I'm like, hey, you guys remember the ending of Wayne's World 2 that's what this movie is anyway I, I don't know if any young girl in the year 2023 is going to get what this opening is supposed to be spoofing because I mean it's just surreal these little girls out in the vast wilderness playing with dolls while Helen Mirren narrates it's it's completely surreal unless you know that it's it's so spoof of the opening of 2001 A Space Odyssey which came out in 1968 yeah so it's it's odd 
I'm fine with it because it's so crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. And the girls see um, Margot Robbie as like a giant Barbie. Instead doll. of a monolith, yeah, she is a a a <laughs> she's a a goddess. Yeah, and so they throw down their dolls, and it's kind of like, hey, we have a new doll to play with, a grown up doll. Yes, no more no more baby dolls. Yeah, no more baby dolls. So. That's the opening, and then we go to Barbie Land, which apparently, oh, like, exists on Earth. Um, does it? Does it though? Kind of. Yeah, kind like, of. Like, is... like a portal. There's like a. I mean, there's a. It would have helped if it, you know, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Let's establish some parameters. But yeah, this is. This is weird. Yeah. I, I don't understand where this thing... Like, okay, heaven is up there. Hell's down there. Like, where's this place? Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know where Barbie Land is, but... Because I don't want a multiverse thing. I, I'm sick of that. But I mean, at least establish, is it in the imagination of children? No, is, is no. That it? It's in a real place because they know, go there. I know, but where's this place physically? Antarctica? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Santa's like, oh, don't go where the pink is. That's not where I am. Okay, well, regardless of where it is, it's a physical place where these dolls live, like like life-size real life but dolls. But they look like humans. Like they yes. they yeah, so even though their po- their postures suggest dolls, they they live like humans, they speak like humans. Um forgive me, like you I saw this opening day. Okay. It's been a few days. You just saw it last night. Yeah. Forgive me. Do they do they know that they're dolls at yes. this point? Okay, so they are all aware that they're Barbie yeah, dolls. Yeah, they okay. know that they're Barbies. Okay. I yeah. couldn't remember if they were like anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah, no, they all know. Right. So we open with stereotypical Barbie played by Margot Robbie. Yay. And um they just call like every Barbie's name is Barbie. Yeah. Which is yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little more. I, I was look you're looking at somebody or listening rather to somebody who grew up with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That was that was my thing as a kid. If we ever cover Masters of the Universe, the universe, you're, I mean, you're going to you're really going to see Professor yeah, Barry. You're work. like on your own oh, for that one. Oh, come yeah. on. You don't okay. want to listen to, you don't want to listen to me talk about Orco? Come on. <laughs> so so anyway, I'll just say like I was not aware that in Mattel's Barbie line which goes back in almost like 100 years now, I guess. That they're all called Barbie. I assume like there was a Julie and a Susan and a Barbara. No, like no, there's no. Barbie. Yeah, all the Barbies all are named Barbie, Barbie. and then so... they came out with like Midge, who's her friend, and Skipper, who's her sister, and but otherwise you know, they're all Barbie. They're all I did Barbie. not know this. Yes. So here's a question at the top: mm-hmm. Why isn't Margot Robbie playing all of these characters? Well, because not all the Barbies look the same. But they're all called Barbie. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing? If this is a film with 13 female characters all played by Margot Robbie <laughs> and eight male characters all played by Ryan Gosling. And they're all, they have like different hairstyles. Like we established the different Barbies, but they're all played by the same two people. Yeah, that actually would Don't you probably think? make more sense. And, and look, I like the ensemble cast in this is big and a lot of but, them do some wonderful things. But I mean, okay, but later on, you know, the Barbies do have different ethnicities and different looks and different hair, which is great, different everything. Yeah, yeah. So I think for the sake of yeah, they're trying to get out and just not being confused. Sure, yeah. By the, which character is which? And I said, like getting outside of the idea that I'm presenting, but nevertheless. I'm, that I'm, idea I, is weirder. I have it's weird. I have to ask this question because I mean I did not realize that every single Barbie doll has the name Barbie. I I really thought like there was a Barbie universe of like 
Betsy, Susie, PJ, you know. No, because nobody nobody would want those. They all all the girls wanted Barbie. But it's surreal because even the cabbage patch kids, they're not like lettuce you know, lettuce head? No, like they all have individual names. I have to sign adoption papers. There's a lot of stress for a little kid to adopt a cabbage patch kid. Okay, well, I understand what you're saying, but every girl wanted a Barbie doll. And then once you had your Barbie, then you could expand your Barbie universe at home. So then if you wanted her to have a Ken or she could have a Skipper, she could have other Barbie friends, but you had to have the Barbie. Okay. okay? And then you uh, have a Barbie who maybe you want one that looks like you. Maybe you want like all the colors. Of, I mean, whatever. But wouldn't you say the majority of the Barbies all look like Margot Robbie? Well, maybe at the beginning of the doll line, but I think now, like, if you go to any toy store, I mean, they all... Is it a lot more versatile? I think it is. Yeah. Is there one that looks like Helen Mirren? No, there are no old Barbies. There are no old Barbies? I don't think so. There might be, like, Grandma and Grandpa Barbie, but honestly, I can't remember if that's true, and I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe I should look it up. But uh, I'm okay. gonna pick a bone with that. If there's no like geriatric Barbies <laughs> that come with like little bedazzled walkers, I mean, come on, you don't see the potential here, and they're well, wearing they, like cardigan sweaters. I mean, they do have a Barbie in a wheelchair. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, she was in the movie. She's the, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Here's like Barbie Happy Family. And grandma this is doll. grandma. Oh, and she looks like what, 45? Yeah, she looks like <laughs> like <she's>... us. <laughs> There's my Barbie. Hey, Ken. She's only $250 Aww. on Amazon. Worth it. She comes with a rocking chair. Oh, there's film critic, Ken. Rocking horse, I mean. And, and a he's got his bifocals bear. and his Werther's Originals. Nice. I like yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Okay, cool. Okay. So, they're, you know, they did try to, like, add to the line. But I think, for the most part, they knew what they had. That girls wanted a Barbie. Okay, so, stereotypical Barbie is in Barbie land. With all the other Barbies, and Barbie Land is a matriarchal society, so... I love it you're talking about the plot of the movie. It really sounds like you're providing political commentary, but no, like, you're describing the very surreal plot of this movie, because it opens yeah. up with a musical number, and it's established that this is how Barbie starts every day. Well, she wakes up, she does the same thing, but it, it kind of shows that nothing's really real in Barbie Land. Like, and it's, it's every day is the same there's thing. There's no water, there's no food, but like she pretend eats, pretend drinks, pretend showers. Yeah, it's, it's a Groundhog Day existence and she's, yeah, it's living in... Uh, and it basically, Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> and the idea is that doll rules apply because not only is she drinking fake food and eating... Drinking fake food, drinking fake liquids and eating fake food. It's because some invisible kid is playing with her right now, right? So this is we're seeing that play action. That's what's going on, right? Yeah, that's kind of what they say. So she's like the tethered in us, where there's like she's like reflecting the real people playing with her, right? So it's like I don't it's think, like a psychic connection. Yeah, but I don't think it's like action for action. You know what I mean? Because as I told you earlier today, I'm going to name drop, although I haven't seen her since 1983. Used to be a girl up the street from me in uh, in Riverdale, New Jersey, over by the plastic factory, literally on the other side of the tracks. Interesting enough, really nice girl named Jamie used to come over to her house. And yes, listeners, I used to play with Barbies. I was five. I was six. Give me a break. But like we would always play with Barbies, but like they would always smooch there would always be makeout oh scenes. My, my barbies were always doing it 
Exactly. I mean, always. So my point, for even though this movie will be described by many as, you know, sexy, eye candy, blah, 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 this film could have been a lot more erotic considering it's supposed to be a reflection of how, like, little girls are playing with Barbies by themselves. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, one of the Barbies, the key Barbie player is a mother in her 40s. Yeah. 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 So... <laughs> All right, so I mean, of, so when mothers in their forties play with Barbie by themselves, I mean, do they like? And then she wakes up and gonna brush her hair, and then she has some okay, eggs and toast. Okay, I, I don't think normal mothers in their forties are playing with Barbies just by though? themselves. I mean, the only time I'm playing with Barbies is when B is like, "Mom, let's play Barbies," and then I have to like play Barbies. Because I mean, I, no judgment here. You're looking at a guy who still collects action figures. Yeah. I'm looking at my Howard the Duck action okay. figure on my shelf. And so I played no with, judgment. And I played with Barbies till I was like 12. So no, there's no judgment. It's just, I don't, I don't think there's anybody in their forties playing alone. Like just, that's like, they just woke up one day and or do like, they? okay, I'm going to play with the Barbie. Listeners, if you're listening to this and you're like 47 years old, <laughs> I listen to your podcast. How dare you? I have my dream house right here. I was playing along. She might she has like a, a movie critic Ken. Oh, she has film critic Ken. Film critic mm. Ken, yeah, and she's got might have to fight her then. No, she's kidding. <laughs> okay, we're never gonna get through this. <laughs> Sorry. Describe the insane plots of this movie, please. Well well, yeah, so every day is the same and Barbie. Margot Robbie, Barbie. I'm just going to call her Barbie. Okay. Stereotypical Barbie. She's driving her cute little car. She goes to the beach. That's where all the Kens are hanging out. The Kens just spend their days doing recreational activities at the beach while all the Barbies have important jobs like doctors, lawyers, politicians. And Beach Ken is played by Ryan Gosling. And he's only happy when Barbie is around. He really, really likes Barbie and wants to have a close relationship with her. But she constantly is like, no, because he's like, what are you doing tonight? And she said, oh, I'm having a huge party at my house. Girl night. So he he's just never with her as much as he wants to be with her. Yes. And he ends up going like, hey, look at me, Barbie. Look what I can do. And he get, like hurts himself and then... Just tries to show off. Did you ever play with your Barbies like this? No. Hey, look at Bar- hey Barbie, look what I could do. No. Like he's a, like he's a four year old on a playground. No, no. Like my Barbie and Ken were married. They had kids. Yeah. They went on trips together. Yeah. Mine I mean, was a lawyer. Yeah. My mine. I was playing like house with Barbie. Yeah. My my. I didn't have a dream house, but I had like a camper van. I had. A Jeep. I had all... My friend Jamie did have a dream house. Yeah. Between me and my best friend, we had like lots of stuff and we would just combine everything and had a huge Barbie world, Hmm. but um, not the dream house, unfortunately. But anyways, we would create like whole scenarios. I mean, they, they lived... Barbie and Ken lived together. So that's the thing I wanted to bring up is that one Barbie per dream house is not reality... In the real world, I mean, you have a house, that place is crammed. Mm -hmm. Everybody's living in it. Yeah. And so I think that's one way. But they're best friends. They like being close quarters. Yeah. But I'm saying in the movie, Mm -hmm. in Barbie world. But aren't they mansions? Yeah. But she has her own dream house. Yeah. And Ken's not allowed to live with her. 
I mean, that's kind of weird. Well, I mean, Ken has this really clingy, codependent <laughs> thing with her. I mean, it's it's <laughs> frankly, he is charismatic, but he's also clingy and kind of obsessed with her. Yeah, he's a little annoying, the character. Yeah. Okay, so there's that dance party, which we both loved. I thought it was great. You know. I love this movie. It makes time for musical numbers. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really fun. And then all of a sudden, so Barbie's like, today was perfect. Yesterday was perfect. Tomorrow's going to be perfect. Am I going to die? And then all of a sudden, it's like existential crisis. Oh my god! It's a needle drop. Everybody in Barbie land freaks out because Barbie's talking about death. Yeah. And then the next morning when she wakes up, her feet go flat, which that is not the way that Barbie's feet Do you dread this to happening to you? Is this a, oh, is no. this a universal fear? No, no. This is just a Barbie fear. This okay. is not a universal fear. Okay. So um, she tells all the Barbies and they're like, you're going to have to go talk to Weird Barbie. So <laughs> Weird Barbie played by... Kate McKinnon. It's a... Uh... Kind of easy casting, but okay. Okay, so Weird Barbie is like this disfigured Barbie, and the, she got weird. She's disfigured, yeah, because kids have played with her too much. Yeah, yeah, she got weird because they do show like a funny montage of of a child like cutting off Barbie's hair, drawing on her, like throwing her, you know, kind of like the kid from Toy Story. Exactly. It's like Sid. Sid. Like mm-hmm. playing with your Barbie like Sid would too play. Too much. Yeah, Just it was. Too well, hard. As I told you, like my my brother Marty. Hey, Marty producer of the show he would sometimes play with my action figures when i wasn't home and i'd come home the one that i remember because it was kind of heartbreaking and still really funny was it was stormtrooper han solo from the first star wars movie but it didn't have a head oh i never found han solo's head but i still played with his body for years (laughs) just decapitated han solo stormtrooper wow yeah it was really hard for chewbacca for a while mm, i yeah. can imagine that sounds traumatic for him well, it was traumatic for han solo no question yeah oh i forgot to mention not only have her feet gone flat but suddenly barbie has cellulite weird <sighs> touch for a barbie movie yeah okay okay so she goes to see weird barbie who lives in a weird dream house and has a dog that like poops and it, it's all like things that have been from the Mattel line. Which is great that this movie mm-hmm. is up on the Barbie-verse because, yeah, I, I was not aware, even in my limited playtime with Barbie as a kid in the 80s, not aware that there was once in the Barbie collection an action figure of a dog that pooped. And if I was aware of that, I think that would have been at the top of my Christmas list. <laughs> well, so she sort of has like a Matrix Morpheus moment with Weird Barbie. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, sure. Stereotypical Barbie is Neo and Weird Barbie is Morpheus. And she's kind of like, you know, you can pick... the pick, shoe or the shoe. Yeah, you can pick the high heel or the Birkenstock. And she's like, the high heel. And she's like, no, you have to pick the Birkenstock. I'm just... It's the illusion of a choice, but you have to go to the real world, find the child who's playing with you, which sounds so bizarre. But she's like, how do I get there? And so there's a whole series of things you have to do to get to the real world. But she's like, well, once I get there, how do I know? She's like, you'll just know, Okay. So Barbie gets in her dream car and drives out of Barbie land and Ken is a stowaway and he wants to go with her and she's like, fine, you know, did you bring your rollerblades? Because apparently that's what they need. <laughs> but there's like one song that always plays. As I believe it's by the Indigo Girls. Okay. I yeah. don't remember what the song is, but 
it's really funny. Everyone sings to it as they're driving along. Um, they have to go on, uh, in a car, in a boat, in, on a rocket, camping, biking, and then they rollerblade into Venice Beach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I, I loved all of these weird scenes because it was really fun. I think it was like a fun way to show all of the different Barbie, you know, like you had, you had the camper van and, you know, all of the jobs she could have. I don't know. What'd you think? I thought it was fun. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, going to the real world, it's kind of an obvious choice, but I'm glad they made that choice. I'm glad the entire movie doesn't take place in Barbie world. Yeah, me too. Because it's, you know, the, the visual style is fun, but it looks so much like the toys, the exactness of it. It it is like okay, this is this is a commercial with some funny jokes. How how long is the movie gonna you know keep this up? And uh, you know, obviously the the commentary and the self reflexiveness pops up once they're in the real world. So finally, you have this movie. You know, the movie itself is talking about how absurd this is and how you know ridiculous and garish the characters are. Um, and you know, in the and plus, just on a basic level, the fish out of water concept it never gets old. Yeah, yeah. Because once they start um, rollerblading down Venice Beach, <laughs> everyone's staring at them because they're in their like eighties, you know, outfits. They look amazing, by the way. Yeah, they do. But everyone's like laughing at them, and you know, and but Ryan Gosling. The eighties came back. I feel like now it's a little far fetched that anybody would laugh at them. Yeah, but... I think most people would probably but applaud. they're wearing, like, headbands. Or they would get out their phones and just film and be like, look what I saw today. Oh, yeah, that yeah. actually would make more sense. Seriously, yeah, because everyone's like, ha, ha, like, no, no, no. no. I, I think I think would be very... I think they'd become, you know, social they'd media stars either, pretty yes, quickly. Yes, they'd either be ignored or just po- posted on TikTok. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Ken... It's like I I, so, I I like it here. I'm feeling very like I don't know, powerful and important. And Barbie's like, I am feeling like maybe I could be in danger. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> instantly. Well, doesn't like a, a dude slaps her on the butt and she oh she yeah oh yeah she does sucker punches maybe of, not like right away but no that does but it happen. does happen. Yeah, I mean, they go and they then they decide to go like change outfits and they get arrested a couple times <laughs> for stealing. Yeah. And she's just ogled and talked down to. And Ken is looking around and seeing all of these men. Like he sees like men working out together and like high fiving and like standing around doing like business meetings and stuff. And he sees. <laughs> Lots of horses, like men riding on horses. So he's starting to realize that the real world is a lot more favorable to men than Barbie land. Yes. Yes. But Barbie's on a mission to go track down the girl who's supposedly playing with her. And so she kind of like takes a minute and she kind of has like a vision of her. Yeah. Yeah. And so Ken is like wandering around discovering the patriarchy gosling is doing like a one-man brady bunch movie where it's a lot of fish out of water stuff where he's just completely disconnected to the world around him his uh his bravado and his ignorance combined (laughs) there's some great stuff that he does because this performance you know on some level you're like it's kind of like a saturday night live bit you know where he's basically just doing this like lovable dumb blonde thing but 
it's more than that. He's he's there. There is a childlike innocence to him, even though his childlike innocence comes across as so uh, destructive. Yeah, and is this also while she's trying to figure out who her the little girl is? Mm-hmm. Isn't he like trying to get jobs? Yes, he's yeah. multiple jobs. In fact, <laughs> any job. In any fact, job. Yeah, he wants. To, he's like, I can become a doctor. But he go. The, the funniest one is him going to talk to a real lifeguard. And he just tells him, like, no, I, I don't, I'm not a lifeguard. I'm, I'm beach. <laughs> That's it. Beach can. Just, which is kind of a funny idea. But Barbie realizes who, who she's trying to find and that she needs to go to this high school. So she finds uh, a tween girl named Sasha. And she goes straight into this cafeteria and she's like, it's me. I'm here. Like, I'm your Barbie. And, the- and she's dressed like a cowboy. Yeah. Cowgirl. Excuse me. Cowgirl. She's like cowgirl Barbie. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Rodeo Barbie, if you will. Rodeo Barbie. There we go. And so this is the part where Sasha is just like, why do you think I'd be happy to see you? Like Barbies are the worst. They have unrealistic body image standards. And she just kind of like basically rips her up and down verbally. Mm -hmm. And then at the end calls Barbie a fascist. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so so ridiculous, you know? I'm I'm sure there are, you know, master's thesis papers with that very title. So sure, yeah, why not? You think somebody wrote a thesis called Why Barbie is a Fascist? Absolutely. Wow. Yes, definitely. Wow. Well, what's also funny about this is, well, it's not funny, but she makes Barbie cry and she runs out of there. Mm-hmm. And so she's sitting, sitting outside the school and she's crying and she's like, fascist, like, I'm not in charge of the railways. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that, I mean, the way Margot Robbie plays Barbie, she's um, ignorant, but then she also says these things that tell us she has some kind of brain yeah absolutely you know? i mean people compare her performance really quickly to talk about robbie's performance which is terrific people have compared her to like l woods um no i would compare her to madison in splash oh. it's that kind of thing where she's blindingly attractive but she has this complete like this earnest naivete, but she's also intelligent and she picks things up very quickly and, and more so than Madison, who, you know, is a fish. Barbie, you know, <laughs> Barbie comes with like, she like she's very self-aware. She has like this intelligence that we see like evolves over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. So the, as she's sitting, um, Barbie is sitting at this bus stop and there's an older woman sitting next to her. Yeah. And Barbie just looks at her and smiles and this woman smiles back and Barbie says, you're beautiful. And the woman is like, I know. And they just like smile at each other and have this moment. And I read that the director was like, this is, this is the heart of the movie right here. Works for me. I love this moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's because, you know, so much of the film is, you know, very cheeky and winky and, you know, it has, you know, the satire is right there. I mean, the film never forgets that it's a Barbie movie, but I love that this moment's here. There's, 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 there's a few more of these, but this I like a lot. I mean, it's the film needs this. It needs to talk about how, you know, Barbie never ages. 
never ages is always the image of perfection. Um, but nevertheless, you know, there are, you know, beauty is not simply how we are on the outside, to say the least. And this moment is reflecting that. It's also the idea of like, yeah, beautiful is very different for everybody. And beautiful, it, it, it doesn't need to reflect the stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. So yeah. at this point in time, um, Barbie gets taken by Mattel. <laughs> it's so weird. There's like the Mattel has gone wind that Barbie is in the real world. And they're like, Do you remember when Skipper came to Florida and went to somebody's house and tried to like babysit kids? <laughs> so it's like apparently this has happened before. So Mattel is represented as a group of middle-aged men, the leader of which is played by Will Ferrell. And I do wonder, because on the one hand, it shows that they have a sense of humor about themselves. How many times do you think they took a pass to the script and like, okay, uh, hey, do you have to call Barbie a fascist? Like, how many times <laughs> do you think they called up like, can we, can we have like maybe a better looking guy than Will Ferrell uh, representing us? Uh, do we have to be so um, evil and awful? Yeah, and the one hand, like this isn't like you know. I mean, there could have been a, a you know a much more vicious satire of Mattel than what we have here. But all the same, I mean, it is it's pretty wonderful that they're basically. I mean, I think the true villain of the movie is Ken. Not to jump yeah. ahead, but it's Ken. Second villain is Mattel. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's depicted as a cabal of these, you know, these clueless suit and tie men. Well, yeah. And I feel like they're not necessarily evil, these guys. They're ignorant. Yeah. And buffoonish. Yes. Which, yes. again, is great because <laughs> this is a $200 million adaptation of a Mattel product. So it's pretty, you know... Pretty amazing to have a movie called Mickey Mouse where, like, it's depicted that everybody at Walt Disney World Company is a moron. <laughs> right. You know, you'd never see that. <laughs> so they get Barbie back and she's like, well, where are all the women? And they're kind of like, we we love women. We love Barbie, <laughs> you know. So they say, just get back in the box. Get back in your box. And I guess like get, they want to put her in this life-size like Barbie box. And then I guess ship her back to Barbie land. Do you think maybe Greta Gerwig and her writing partner Noah Baumbach, I think they're married at this point. I, do you think, you know, it became like a kind of a figurative conversation? Like, look, like everyone's just trying to put Barbie in the box. And Noah's like, hey, that's it. We're going to have the – they could literally put her in the box. Yeah. Literally put her in the, in the, yeah. In the packaging. Yeah. Well, I – so here's the thing. Like, I, I read that some people were like, look, they're trying to put her in a box. Like, how it was, like, super meaningful. I was thinking, I think this is a plot device because they don't know how else to get her back to Barbie land. You know, like, hmm. I, I think it's purely a plot device that could be, could have more meaning. But I just... Let me remind you I of a know. playwright I once knew who wrote a play called The Music Box about a dancer who her parents put her in this music box and she's a she's like a ballerina and the whole play was about uh, this dancer trying to break out of this box that her parents are putting in. Do you remember that play? Oh, uh, no. I don't really remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. She like escapes the box. She does. At the very last second. She's like, I need to go check my hair. Well, the other funny thing is she's like, what about Ken? And they're like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna let ken run around venice beach they don't care <laughs> yeah 
So she she gets away. She ends up running into the ghost of Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie. Okay. Which we don't really know that that's who it is. We just know is her she name really is a ghost? Yeah. Okay. Because she's dead at this point. Yeah, it's the ghost. <laughs> and she's like hanging out on the 19th floor of Mattel. Yeah, they do spell that out, don't they? Yeah, they do. Okay. Okay, and, movie. Yeah, so, all right, she helps Barbie escape. Anyways. And who's, who plays her? Oh, I don't remember. Rhea Perlman. Yeah, Rhea Perlman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she comes back later, so. It's another Matrixy touch, you know, yes. like how. Uh, oh, that's true. It is remember? a Remember, like how Neo touch. goes to meet. The the lady with the spoons. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. So the We're... Matrix fans, are like, how dare you? We even did a we did an episode on the Matrix, and we don't we We're... can't remember our names. We're so professional. Um, but Matrix you're right. Reloaded. This, they do. It's very much a like lot the, of Matrix. the Matrix in this movie. Well, maybe they're fans of the Matrix. Who would have thought? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So stand by for the correct name. Gloria Foster is the Oracle. The Oracle. Yes. It's when, yes. <laughs> when they visit Gloria Foster is the Oracle in the Matrix. Okay. Reloaded. So Ruth is a little bit like that. She's a lot like that. She's, yeah. she's trying to guide Barbie, trying to help her. Same yes. as the Oracle. Barbie is the one. Yes. yes. Barbie is the one. She's going to save Barbie Land. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the real world, apparently. Mm-hmm. Just like oh, Neo. Yeah, and that was the other thing is uh, Barbie thought that the real world was like Barbie land where everything was perfect. There's like equality for all, you know, there weren't any problems. And then when she goes to the real world and she sees that it's not that way, she's very upset. So. Yes, the real world is run by a sexist Meshav and his pigs. Yes. <laughs> All right, so she runs out of the building, and this is when Sasha and her mom say, like, get in the car, and that's America Ferreira. Um, what do you know her from? What do I know her from? Yeah. Well, I'm like, just curious, because I think cause like, there's some who like grew up with, like I think Ugly Betty was the name of the show? Yes. But I remember her from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, one and two. Yeah, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but also... Um, She's also in that that show that I really liked for a while that I thought was really funny. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The one that's uh, set at a Costco, right? Yes. Yeah, you were watching that for a while. What was that called? Boxed? No. What was it called? Oh, man. Oh, we man. Are, Listen to this. We're so lame. So scroll, scroll, scroll. I know. Looking, looking. I'm just going to have What's to like, cut all oh, this out. Almost there. No. Keep it, Marty. This is golden. <laughs> Superstore. Superstore. Yeah. Right. I actually really, really like that show. Superstore. Okay. So then Barbie is in the back of the car. And this is where we realize that America Ferrer's character, what's her name? She is. <laughs> you got it in front of you. I know. Um, <laughs> this is so sad, you guys. No, it, it, Gloria. 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 Okay. She's a Mattel employee. Gloria. Yeah. So she was, she was playing with stereotypical Barbie and she was basically having an existential crisis. And we see that through a series of flashbacks that like her and her daughter, Sasha were really close, but then as she grew up, she kind of drifted away. And so... Uh, Gloria started making like existential crisis Barbie and all of these (laughs) 
other things that she was. So Gloria has always played with stereotypical Barbie her whole life then. It was like. No, stereotypical Barbie was Sasha's. Sasha put her in like a donation box to give away. And the mom, America Forever, took it out and started playing with her. Yeah, and I don't know that she was like literally playing with her, but I think. I think she was because Barbie was having a day. Yeah, but she had her and then she was drawing pictures, remember? She was like making while she was at work yeah yeah but she was having like a sad some sad times some depression if you will so this is like when dark helmet is playing with his space balls figures (laughs) yes (laughs) and rick moran is like did you see me playing with my dolls no sir i didn't see it (laughs) is that what this is like Yes, and then Barbie <laughs> is in the backseat going, I didn't come for you, I came for you. Yeah. And they both are just like, oh my gosh. And Sasha's just like, oh my gosh, my mom is such a loser playing with my Barbie. Who is now manifest in the back in the yeah. seat, yeah. So we have like a wild chase scene, and then they decide. Is it though? Oh, well, what like, scene is this? Where they're, run- they're getting away from the Mattel people in their this- black vans. In, oh, like, yeah. in like LA. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. It's, I guess it's not that wild. I mean, but... no, it's not the Hot Wheels movie. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's, that thing's going to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, they're not like drifting and no, stuff. No, they're not. But they decide to um, go back to Barbie Land together, yeah. the three mm-hmm. of them. And it's again, I don't know, like, I never get sick of it. The montage of how you get from Barbie I Land know, to the real it's world. It's so great. I don't, it's so stylish. I mean, it's like a Wes Anderson movie. It's, yes. it's you know, it, it looks like a, like a, like a, like an illustration out of a children's book. Yes, it does. And it's cute because when, like, they're in the camper, Gloria's like, I, I had the camper when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, so I think sitting in the theater watching all of this, it was kind of fun as someone who played with all these Barbies. Oh, man. So you wanted to be like the America Ferrera character. Well, right. Without the existential crisis. Yeah. Well, who doesn't want to work out their existential crisis on a Barbie? <laughs> if I could bust out my He-Man action figures, get out my man of arms and have like a, you know, and like fuel my sadness into my man of arms action figure. I know there's going to be a knock at the door and man at arms and Tila are going to be at my door. I would do it right now. Okay. Let's go on adventures, man at arms and Tila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like I would for sure like travel to Barbie land with Barbie, but I'm not going to like sit in my house in the real world and have an existential crisis with a Barbie doll. But you have, that's how you get her attention. Because otherwise... Oh, that's true. I mean, how else... There's no bat signal. <sighs> You're right. How else are you going to summon Barbie from Barbie land? How else does, how else does she know we're tethered? All right. Exactly. Hold on. Oh, wow. Here we go. It's All happening, right. folks. So the... So, right. so my wife is now opening my daughter's... This is the Barbie bin. Oh, man. Do I want to be farmer Barbie or dog grooming Barbie? Oh, man. You know, I think... Well, you look like farmer Barbie, so... This one? Oh, this is dog grooming Barbie? This is dog grooming Barbie. I know. Dog groomers look like that? (laughs) Wow. Man. If I had known that in my 20s, Do farmers have this short of dresses? That's the thing I want to know. What farm is that? Again, I, I wish I, I'd know that in my 20s. I know, I know. And dressed like in a 60s attire. Yeah, exactly. Wow. No, don't put them away. This is getting interesting. <laughs> we could do the well, rest of the show with our little Barbies. Well, I don't want I don't want Barbie to come yet. Because oh. we got to finish the podcast. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, okay so, so where are we in the story? Okay, so 
Barbie, Sasha, and Gloria are, have gone back to Barbie land. Oh, but, yeah, this is the second act. But what they don't know, realize, is that Ken has already returned and has brought his patriarchal ideas from the <laughs> real world and has basically persuaded all the other Kens to take over and subjugate the Barbies into more submissive roles. You know, like, the, the, the word patriarchy is said so much during the second act of this film. I love that there are little girls who got dragged to this movie and probably didn't like it anywhere near as much as their moms, but they're going to know what the patriarchy is. And I think that. You think that? Well, I I mean, this is a good thing to know about. This is a good conversation. Most, let's face it, most people, boys or girls, don't have a conversation about this until they're like in college ethics classes, you know, Mm -hmm. or sociology classes or like a really cool high school teacher. This is not something I would ever expect it in this movie. So, yeah, I think it's great. It is a good conversation to bring up. It is. Like, like, hey, Susan, I'm sorry, but like the world is run by these Kens. And when you know? you're like, if you come home and Ken has taken over your dream house and turned it into his Casa Dojo <laughs> Kendom, yes. then you need to figure out how you're going to get it back. Yes. And you need to fit, you know, and it's... It's this idea of how ideas can poison a landscape. It's about this idea of like, you know, when is it, you know, when is it a man, you know, when is it being reasonable and when is it being unreasonable for men to act like this? Is it ever reasonable? Well, the way these Kens are is outrageous. This this is like a, yeah, it's like a virus that has taken over. It's like a bad, you know. Yeah, because the Barbies are totally brainwashed now. And the Kens are like, we're going to go and we're going to change the constitution. I mean, they totally have this whole thing planned to like legally change Barbie land to Kendom. It's very on the nose. The movie is very on the nose about, you know, how it's dealing with, with, with these, you know, with these Barbie politics. But you know what? This is interesting. I'm like, I love that this movie wants to talk about this and use this insane commercial premise as a way to like carry these things i don't know it's like it's like watching a school play you know like watching a third grade school play about the spread of communism like this is interesting i never would have thought i'd see this yeah yeah so barbie becomes super depressed yes and (laughs) And more human and at yeah. this point, she's becoming more human. Yeah, she's she's feeling she's been feeling emotions like she's she started crying in the real world. Oh, by the way, we should mention that the film explicitly states that she and the other Barbies and Kens do not have genitalia. Right, they are literally dolls. Very weird. But I mean, if they're literally dolls, I don't know that we needed this detail. <laughs> For one thing, it brings an image to mind that is weird. I definitely didn't want to see Ryan Gosling or or Margot Robbie naked in that way. Yeah, it's a little odd. Okay. The film makes the declaration. I mean, I guess there's a payoff at the end, if you will, but yeah, it's... I mean, I think the to look at it like the fact that they don't have like they're just dolls and the way that this world works is a reflection of a toy company i mean i think we kind of have to know that that they do we that they are just dolls for reals you don't think the first 20 minutes of this movie demonstrated that enough i don't know i think Hey, how many? They're playing times, in dollhouses. How many times have you like looked, like undressed your Barbie and been like, "Does it still look the same?" Oh, okay. I just I did just that checking. this afternoon. Oh, exactly. I do it all the time. Exactly. I see a Barbie, no one else is around. Like, I gotta have a look. Yeah, I'm like, oh, now they put like plastic underwear on it. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. It's strange. Yeah. 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 Like we've all like looked under the skirt of Barbie just to see. 
They still look the same. <laughs> is it, Should I be admitting this is, on a podcast? Is it just me that did that? Or? <laughs> no, I think I think every one of us does that. I did that on my Princess Leia action figure once. Like, I got to know. There, yep, see? And it was, by the way, disappointing. Okay, see? Yeah. But everyone like one just wants to know, you know? All right, so... My Chewbacca never checked. <laughs> okay. So this is where Gloria... We're covering some weird areas, but that's what this movie this is. This movie is so it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, if there's a word, a negative word I'd use to describe the movie, it's overstuffed. It, it has a lot more than it needs. It has a lot more ideas. It has enough subplots for, I'm sure, all the sequels that they've already got, you know, in line. There's a lot going on here, and the movie doesn't need all of it, but man, it, it, the film is kind of overachieving in that way, I think. Yeah, and it's so absurd that it, it just made me laugh all the, the whole time. But this part is where Gloria kind of gives her inspirational speech about it, what, what it means to be a oh, woman. Oh, man, this speech. Yeah, I mean... It's... So when I saw this movie in the theater, I got to the theater... And I was wearing a pink Aloha shirt. Coincidentally, that day, I get to the theater and there's all these girls, little girls, walking into the theater with their mom going, Barbie, Barbie. And one of the moms sees me, comes over to me and she says, are you wearing that shirt because it's Barbie day? I'm like, yeah, unfortunately. I get into the theater and the movie starts and it's pretty packed. It's full of young girls. Like I'd say, you know, between like... I don't know, five to 10 years old and a lot of moms and my buddy Michael and I. And throughout the movie, there were people laughing, but it was the adults. I found like it seemed like a lot of the movie went over the heads of the many young girls in the theater. Oh, yeah. So when this speech happens, America Fair is I think a, it's like a five minute monologue that she gives. Um there was like th- the reaction came from the adults again. Like this is a oh, che- yeah. cheering and clapping in my theater. So your yours was very. Yes. But we, you said you had like no kids in your. I yeah, we had a lot of people my age and older. I think mm. I mean younger too, but no, I didn't see any kids. I was at the five fifteen. Like we got to be home by eight. Crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the Cracker Barrel crowd. Yes. Afterwards, they all go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> But this speech, like, in one... Okay, so oh, I'm do, not... Do you have it? You're going to recite it for I'm us? I'm not going to read the whole thing. Oh, but, come on, let's hear it. But she's like, it is literally impossible to be a woman. You know, you have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the time. You know, so... She's talking about the dichotomy between all of the things that women feel they need to be and then the way they should Generalizations be. Generalizations, stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. Gen- yes. Gen- reality. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, so the way, what happens is she kind of wakes Barbie up with this speech and then this is where they hatch their plan. So, um. Well, hold on. Is this a good oh. speech or does this belong in a shirt? You know what? Okay, so I, I, somebody, the reason I have the speech in front of me is because somebody on Instagram, like, literally angry posted about it. it. No, yeah. they just posted it word for word oh. and put that it was from Barbie. No, they loved it. That's why they Oh, they did loved it. it. Okay. Yeah. And so it's just like somebody like, look what they put. No, no. How subversive this is putting it in a children's movie. No, no, they loved it. Cool. Yeah. 
And so reading it, I was like, okay, this feels like not, yeah, like you said, like stereotypes. But when I heard it. Is it not universal enough? I think it's trying to be, but I don't know that I. Is it speaking specifically to like middle-aged, successful soccer moms? I mean, I can see where there's a lot of truth in what she says, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it's like resonates with everybody. Do you think it would have been more fair if Ken got to give a speech like this? <laughs> it's hard to be a guy, okay? Your testicles, it, it, it messes with the way you walk. And you, you like, you love kittens, but like you look like a sissy when you pet one. And you have action figures, but like your wife calls them toys. And like you're expected to mow the lawn, but you don't want to mow the lawn. You want to stay inside and watch TV, but then you have to watch whatever she's watching. I mean, it's it's hard being a man, okay? It's really hard. You guys, bros, up top. Wow, that was impressive. Thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy for this Academy Award. Yeah. It's, you just uh, came up with that off the top of your head. I think about that every day. <laughs> this is what I really think about. <laughs> I think the part where you don't want to mow the lawn and you want to watch TV, but you don't want to watch what I want to watch. You think that was is, autobiographical? I feel like that's autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, that came from a, that, you're right, that came from a real place. That's <laughs> what acting is. It's real. It's, it's, deep, deep, it's from the heart. Yeah. They're like, just go from what you know, and that's what you know. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's being Barbie from Mattel. Yeah. Okay, so I feel it's like... It's thespian Ken, actually. Thespian Ken. So I feel like these things are are stereotypically true. Oh, yeah. Let me look at this speech. I, I mean, I feel like they are stereotypically true, but not, you know, like, you can never get old, never be rude. You always have to be grateful. You know, like, okay. You know, what's uh, funny is, like, I, I'm not going to say who's grandma, but some of us have, you and I, like, we have some grandmas. I feel like they read this and be like, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> You're supposed to stay pretty for men. That's right, you are. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not too pretty. Yeah. And tempt them too much because then you're going to threaten other women and you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. See, like Never get old, never be rude, never show off or be selfish, except in the deli because he takes too long to cut my turkey. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just getting into the outrageous over here. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you know, look, one, two, three, four, five, six. This is a six- paragraph monologue wow yeah wow well so what comes out of this is that it kind of snaps the other some of the other characters like out of their trance mm-hmm. and so they realize that you know with I love the, this is the thing that does it yeah. it's not like a, the lyrics to like a melissa etheridge song it's not like a gloria steinem speech no it's this monologue yes yeah so they the barbies are gonna they they're just it's not Beyonce's lemonade album. No, it's this. <laughs> okay. So Sasha, Gloria, Weird Barbie, Alan, and the other discontinued dolls are going to use Gloria's speech to um free the Barbies. But they're also gonna manipulate the Kens to fight amongst themselves so that the Barbies can re- regain their positions of power. And so so what they have to do is like <laughs> They're going to, like, distract the Kens, steal their, like, Barbie away, deprogram them with Gloria's speeches, 
and then just keep doing that until they get all the Barbies out of this weird trance that they're in. To be clear, at this point, the Barbies are acting on their own. This isn't the reflection of little girls playing Barbies, Correct. right? Okay. Correct. Which is kind of odd. Yeah. Because is I mean because the tethering is it it's not a hundred percent I feel like with this this idea this is some screwy logic is what yes. it is yes. yes. Okay, so the Kens are just, like, figuring out, like, when they're going to, like, sign the new constitution and do all this stuff. And by the way, that's the, that's the one thing the movie falls short on. It doesn't really explain, like, how governments and laws and credos and all that are – like, doesn't really explain – how a law is made in Barbie land. Yeah, well, that would we don't want to get too technical because we're already really technical. Is, I mean, it's the one thing the movie stops short on is like the politics of this pink universe. <laughs> okay, so the, the part, this is where they get the Kens to turn on each other. Oh, it's is great. That, now, Ken is singing <laughs> Matchbox 20 song, uh, Push. Yes. I want to... So he's singing like, I don't know if I've ever been really loved. (laughs) Isn't this the song? This is a couple of those songs. I think this is the one where the lead singer wrote about his girlfriend and she sued him. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the one. I think you're right. That might have been why they picked this one. Like, ooh, this is like, what's the most hateful misogynist? Oh, remember that song from the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. Because Barbie's like, I'm going to pretend to be really interested. And so he starts singing this song. And then on the screen, it says four hours later, he's still (laughs) singing this song. Oh, my God. It's just a really surreal touch. I mean, I don't know why it needs to be four hours. but but I don't know. I mean, I... I was laughing so hard at some of these just like <laughs> absurd things they put in here because yeah. it's just funny. Yeah. So they're all on the beach together and all the Kens either have a guitar or like <laughs> like a drum set. This is and they're all their, singing this anthem. Yeah, this is this is like when the Kens have become total, you know, bro jerks, like this is their anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so... By the way, I've always hated this song, just for the record. I know. I don't even know why it was popular, because it's like the message is so awful. Like, I want to push you around. Yeah. But it's making the point that if, you know, if a... If a patriarchy is about not being inclusive, taking over boys only, that this is... Yeah, this would be it. Yeah. So as they're singing, the Barbies, one by one, kind of like get up and like trade places with, with each other or just like abandon their Kens altogether. And then the Kens just... They get crazy. And this is where, like, we see this surreal fight and dance choreography between them. And uh, I don't know the song that Ryan Gosling sings here, but it completely goes to, like, a different scene. And Is this when he sings the Just Ken song? Yes. Yes. I'm Just Ken. Yeah. I wish this song was funnier. I'm, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. For someone who like, I, no surprise, I like this movie a lot, but I wish the song was funnier, or that he had picked some really bad '80s power ballad. I mean, think about if he picked like John Parr's "Man in Motion." Like, mm. think of, I mean, just something like, just really, because you know, obviously Gosling could really, you know, he's he's very committed, obviously. Yeah, I, I don't know, I. It, it works for the scene, but I, yeah, I wish it was a little, a little bit better. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to sing these lyrics. Thank you for pulling them up, though. <laughs> Man, you are on fire tonight. This is like. Well, he's like, because I'm just Ken. Anywhere else, I'd be a ten. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, if he wrote the song, that's that's you know. 
that yeah. fits his IQ level. He's going to live and die a life of blonde fragility. Yeah. You know, if look, I mean, it's not really a fair comparison, but Trey Parker and Matt Stone, what they could have done with a oh, Ken ballad. That's, think about how amazing that would have that's been. That's true. And this is this is just okay. The South Park guys should have written it. Yes. Would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, then it we, would have been an R. Then guaranteed. We ha- <laughs> then we have Beach Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, and his kind of gang. And then we have Asian Ken, played by... Well, it's Sima Liu, who... I think I think it's Tourist Ken. I think tourist Ken? I think it's Tourist oh, Ken, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know. <sighs> You're being such a stereotypical Barbie. <laughs> Tonight, stereotypical Barbie is played by your host, Julia. <laughs> and there's Irish Ken, because he's green and he's drunk. <laughs> Okay, but they they do this like these dances together. Yes. Then they decide to have Simu a- Lu. By the way, yeah, he he played Shang Chi. He's awesome he's, in this movie. He is great. He is so good in this movie. And then they do a whole thing on Malibu Beach where they have a war, but they don't actually have weapons. They have like, <laughs> like tennis rackets. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a, it's, yeah, it's all can apparel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's a great scene. So they're they're going at it, and then um, the further this movie goes down the rabbit hole, the better. I mean, you know, anytime they have an excuse to just be completely nuts and crazy, you just go like, wow, this is, you know, this movie is not playing it safe. It's it's really weird. Yeah. So while they're fighting each other, the Barbies go back in their beach off. In their beach, a joke. Off. This movie loves to go back to and go, huh? Yeah, didn't have PG thirteen. I get it. Yeah. 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 Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beach off. Anyone who wants to beach him off has to beach me off first. I will beach both of you off at the same time. But you don't even know how to beach yourself off. How are you going to beach oh, both of us off? It doesn't make sense. Why are you beach getting yourself off? You're going to beach Come both on, of us off? Beach. Nobody's going to beach anyone off. Oh, man. Okay, so that probably is why it's PG-13. <laughs> well, there's also this quasi-F-bomb in there. Oh, yeah. But they do have like a Mattel. The Mattel symbol like to, to censor so, it, which yeah. is, again, completely nuts. I wonder what that phone call was like. So there's going to be a use of the F word in the movie. Is there any <laughs> chance we can have her say the F word, but then have the Mattel symbol cover her mouth? And, like, what? Of, and then just like kind of bleep it out. <laughs> even, you... though, even though she's obviously saying mother, like, wow. I know. Yeah. And can't you have one use of the F word in a PG-13? This is true. But again, this is a Barbie movie. No, I know. So, but technically. Yes. Okay. So, uh, let me just jump to it and say, this is not for little girls, this movie. If this, <laughs> oh, I yeah. think this movie is for anybody who's too old to play for Barbies. So I'd say like, you know, with no disrespect to the 47-year-old. Well, then I guess I shouldn't have seen it because I guess I'm still playing with Barbies. Yeah, so you're, you're too young for this film. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think the movie is good for middle-aged girls. So I'd say, like, what, 11, 12 years old? Middle-aged girls. <laughs> Sorry, middle school girls. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think... got my AARP magazine. <laughs> Gretchen, Myrtle, you ready to see the Barbie movie? And go to Cracker Barrel afterwards. <laughs> Sorry, middle schoolers, middle school girls. Yes. Yeah, not like not second, element. third, no, fourth grade. Because no, no. that's what the audience was full of. And look, like, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for them, 
but I, I, you know, and for all I know, like there are, you know, there are second, third grade year old girls who love and adore this movie and have already seen it twice, probably. But I mean, I could, I could just speak for the audience I was with. The little girls who were there were dead silent. I think a lot of it was going over their heads. Oh, yeah. They loved the costumes and the visuals. I don't think they understood most of the stuff that Barbie and Ken were talking about. The adults that were in the theater, myself included, were howling through most of the movie. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Laughing way too hard. Okay. So with the middle-aged women yes, that were in the theater with Yes, you. thank you. I mean, as I was walking out, there was a very much older woman than me going, "This is the best movie I've seen in so long." <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, I was like, "Wow." All right. Okay, so the Barbies take back their power and, you know, get rid of Kenland. And so Barbie and Ken kind of apologize to each other. This is great because Gosling is playing a lot of different things and the performance is pretty wild. And at times you're like, how seriously is he even taking this assignment? What I love here is when Barbie thwarts Ken, he runs off, she catches him crying and it's not cool crying. It's like a little boy crying into his... (laughs) It's great. I love this choice because the film doesn't come out and say it, but really Ken is the villain. He's the problem. He has poisoned Barbie land with this idiotic notion. And Barbie is basically like, no, like you, we cannot let this awful ideology that Ben, the Ben, that Ken has brought take over our world. Right. But, but they also, she also acknowledges. Yeah. She also acknowledges that she's been ignoring him, doesn't include him, that every night doesn't need to be girl night, and that they could spend more time together. But then he t- kind of takes that as, oh, we could be romantic. And she's like, no, not like that. So yeah. I'm like, so that part I don't really think works for this film because. Barbie only sees Ken as a friend. Ken sees her as a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so this this whole thing, it doesn't really, I don't think it works, this apology session. I think it works, but it also establishes that Ken can't have what he wants because he wants what the audience expects, which is that this is going to be a Ken and Barbie movie in the romantic sense. Mm-hmm. And Barbie just does not need Ken just as women do not need men to define them. Right. But we don't need, yeah, we don't, right. The, the, the point of it is that she says, no, you can like find your identity apart from me, just like how Barbie is Barbie. But he's like, no, but it's Barbie and Ken. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, it's, it's Barbie. It's Ken. So she makes that distinction, yeah, which I think is fine. But also, it, it would be fine if they did get together at the end. But I think this being this being Greta Gerwig's Barbie, yeah. I think it's a wise choice to establish that Ken is a problem. Ken, <laughs> Ken is screwing things up, not because he's an evil character, but he's dumb. He's naive. And like a lot of dumb men who don't have to direction, evolve. yes, he mm. needs to grow the heck up. Yeah. Um, And this Barbie is so strong and her journey is so defined. She does not need to walk off into the sunset with this guy in order to have success. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's true. But the the movie... I think this is her way of breaking up with him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And then then I think then the Mattel people show up in Barbie land. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I don't know what the heck they're doing there. But anyways, we have Gloria who works with these guys. Yeah. And she has the idea for ordinary Barbie. You know, just like ordinary Barbie. Like she could be a mom. She could be a doctor. She could be a mom who is a doctor or just a doctor, but just like a mom who has like normal clothes and just like a regular person. And all of a sudden they're like, like yes, that's a, that's a brilliant idea, you know? So I think the, I don't know exactly what the hundred percent what the message is there, but I think except they already have this. Didn't you just show me middle aged Barbie? Well, you that, showed me our Barbie. Well, that's Grandma Barbie. Yeah, that's. I mean, come on. It, it, it hasn't Barbie been around a while that they've been altering the image so that Barbie yes. no longer looks like a pencil with blonde hair. Yeah, and they do have different body types already of Barbie. So, I think this whole ordinary Barbie thing is already a thing. And the thing also that the movie is very wise to jump on because I feel like in casting the film and the writers are working on it, they realize, oh, wait, it is kind of hypocritical us talking about ordinary Barbie and, you know, everyone's beautiful, but we have Margot Robbie playing the role and Helen Mirren steps in, breaks oh, character. Oh, yeah, yeah. At which is a great, point. yeah, that's later, that's earlier in the film. But yeah, it's a, it's a great choice too. I mean, I think... The film is trying to be, you know, it's, it's trying to engage in a conversation as much as it is trying to tell this silly story. Yeah, because at one point when um, stereotypical Barbie is depressed, she's like, I'm not, I'm so ugly now. And then Helen Mirren is like, well, you know, if we had cast somebody other than Margot Robbie, this would make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. Yes. That's why this movie is so... It, it does border on the absurd because it's border. Oh, I'd say it's it's. It, okay. I'd, I'd say it's there. Yeah. Okay. So everyone kind of figures out that they're you know the Barbies are going back to being in charge and the Kens are slowly going to be integrated into more leadership roles. Now, on the one hand, I get that the film is working on that, you know, and it's about restoring the order in the Barbieverse. After all, this is Barbie Land. However. Is this really a good message to say that the Stepford Wives have won? Uh, Can it be a world where the Stepford Wives and their jerk-off husbands are able to coexist? Yeah, and I think that's what they want. That's what I think that's what the film is trying to say. I don't think so. Yeah, I think because, it's girl power all the way. No, because the Kens are like, ooh, could we have one of us on your Supreme Court? And she's like, how about a lower circuit court position? And they're like, yes. And so I think in the... I don't find that very balanced. I don't mean to be a Ken no, here, no, Jules, no. but I mean, I, I feel like the movie's ending in a way that suggests that, you know, I don't think it's completely fair the way the Barbies are like, look, we're, you know, we're going to go back to exactly the way it was before. No, they're not. They're, they, I think they saw how Ken... But they're only going to allow a little bit of Ken at a time? Well, they, they saw how Kendom was a complete disaster. And so they're like incrementally going to give the Kens more responsibility so they can prove themselves. Should it be established that there is a Barbie land and a Kendom separate... Should it be about segregating the, no, but the I, dolls? I don't know because I I kind of think that the Kens should step up and be better partners for their Barbies instead of just hanging out on the beach, mm. you know. And then may, and then maybe the Barbies would let them into the dream houses. Should the film try to implement that idea that you know doing all of this stereotypical macho crap does not make you a man? Yeah. Should that have been maybe. the better direction? Maybe. 
Yeah. And then maybe if Barbie had said like, to, maybe if each Barbie had said to their, cause they each have their own can apparently, um, like, Hey, you know, you can move into the dream house. We're going to like split the chores 50, 50, you know, like maybe show a little more initiative. Yeah. 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 And how about know. tonight you cook and I'll mow the lawn. Like, let's like. <laughs> <laughs> even though they don't even have real grass or real food <laughs> or children or anything. Okay. Or like, I mean, I guess the probably standard for the sequel were like, you know, grandma and grandpa Barbie come to the house, you know, and it's like, okay, like we got to like make the house, the dream house nice for, for your in-laws. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's get to the end where Barbie now doesn't realize where she belongs. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Stereotypical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie, yeah, because then Rhea Perlman appears. Yes, as Ruth Handler, the yes. creator of Barbie. and The she, ghost creator of Barbie. Yeah. I'm just going to say it, folks. This doesn't work, but I love Rhea Perlman. So I'm I'm going with it, even though I'm going, I this this character should have been one and done. One scene. Yeah. Think, but I do like her speech at the end because... You know, she was like, you, like, I created you to be, like, whatever you wanted to be. Like, to give girls this idea that they can be anything, right? And she's like, you know, as moms, we kind of, like, take a step back so that we can, like, let our girls, like, move forward or something. Something Mm. like that. Like, it was very, um, I don't know. I kind of got a little, kind of got a little teary Oh, it worked on you. Do you want to pull up that monologue? No. But it... (laughs) But it was it was very sweet because I think what this lady she's supposed to be a real person, but you know, Ghost Ruth is saying, um Wouldn't like, it have been more provocative if they got rid of the actual autobiographical thing and they had it that Barbie was invented by like an out of shape, sweaty, creepy man with like <laughs> big glasses like like Milton Wadhams. Okay. No, because I created you because I wanted to make the perfect girl. Stop it. And I get to meet you, Barbie. (laughs) That's disgusting. (laughs) No, because I don't think, like, Ruth's family would have ever let that come out. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I don't know. It's kind of the obvious thing. You know, this is is the mother figure for Barbie. Yeah. 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 This is, like, the... This is the mom telling Barbie, like, if you want to go into the real world, I need to show you what it's like. And so she, like, holds her hands and you see this montage of, I don't know, just, like, people having real experiences and feelings. Some of it from, like... It looks like a Hallmark commercial, yes. From a long time ago, like, 50s, 60s, and today. Yes. Um, A lot of hugging, a lot of mommies, like, hugging their children and... Yeah, it's a little... It's like a coffee commercial. Like for Folgers? Yeah. Or Chaser's <laughs> Choice. Yeah, one of those. Okay. Sure. And so then Barbie's like, yeah, I I want to go to the real world. I want to be a human. So, okay, the final scene is like her in the back of Gloria's car. And they're dropping her off somewhere. And her name is Barbara Handler, which is actually Ruth's actual daughter's name was Barbara and she invented Barbie. Do you think the family had a sign off in the screenplay? I don't know. Hmm. So Barbie was it named... It seems like she's going for a job interview. Yes. But I just wanted to say so oh, Barbie okay, was okay. named after Ruth's real daughter mm-hmm. and Ken after Ruth's real son, Kenneth. Okay. Just so we know. Brother and sister. Yeah. Which is 
They're not brother and sister dolls, but whatever. Okay, so Barbie, Barbara, now Barbara, goes and she's in this building and she's, yeah, like you said, you think she's going for a job interview, but no, she's going for her first gynecological visit. And roll the end credits. Oh, man. It's a bold touch, Greta Gerwig. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it is. It is a bold touch. Yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, Barbie now has a real vagina. Okay. <laughs> that's that's really all it's telling us. That's what the ending of that movie is. Yeah, it's... um. Uh, <laughs> uh, what can I say? I mean, that's... It, it, it's The idea is that it's a happy ending. Barbie has come into her actualization. She is now truly a woman in every sense. Um... Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I think there are other ways the film could have ended. I think there are other ways that that perhaps they could have said that Barbie has, you know, like Pinocchio become a real person. It's uh hmm. I'm still thinking about it. I I don't know. Um again, I mean it's so bold and unexpected, but I I don't know that it completely works, but then again, I mean, the movie manages to go a whole 2 hours without singing the Barbie Girl song by by Aqua. So. No, they do that in the credits. Oh, but it's a remix. It's a remix, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I guess the thing is like they're trying to show that she's a real woman now. Yeah. And what's more real than going to the lady doctor? But do we want to, I don't know, even envisioning Barbie going to the lady doctor, because again, it is, I mean, it, it is about plastic dolls and I, I don't know, it's, um, I told you earlier today, like my favorite film that I've seen this year dealing with, uh, well, coming about of age, coming of age and, you know, getting just, your period and yeah, puberty. I mean, it's a movie called, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. I love that film with Rachel McAdams. I love that movie. I think it's one of the best films of 2023. I, I feel like that film did a lot more in terms of talking about how hard it is to be a woman and, uh, well, just about that topic in general. And I feel like Barbie, you know, <laughs> on the one hand, it's like, it, it has the tenacity to bring up so much of this stuff. But it's, it's a lot of it, it. It's it's a lot, and I feel like. But overall, I feel like the conversations it's going to inspire um, are a lot stronger than sometimes the clarity of the ideas in the movie. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, the ending. Um, it's how would you have done it though? How would I have ended the Barbie movie? Yeah. Well, I'd like to think that I would avoid ending on Ken because I got to say, like, I like it. The movie does not give Ken the last word, which is smart. Mm. I would have found a way to expand this movie into with another franchise. I would have done the Marvel thing, and I'll tell you why. Every time, to go back to my friend Jamie, who I used to play Barbies with in the 80s in her dream house. I didn't have any of that stuff. She had it. But I would always bring my He-Man action figures over. So He-Man, with his you know sword and shield and his little green diaper, would knock on her door. He had huge muscles. And uh, you know they would go on adventures together, among other things. Um, I think... You know, for me, like any action figure that was tall enough to play with Barbie could and should play with Barbie. And my friend Jamie agreed with me. So I, I feel like if, if this, if they, if Mattel is thinking about crossing over with anything, whether it be Hot Wheels or whatever, Hungry Hungry Hippos, I think that's Parker Brothers. I think that might have been a way for the ending, certainly to suggest perhaps a better partner for her than Ken. 
Hmm. Okay, I disagree. I think her final scene could have been a couple things. One, it could have been maybe her like getting a passport and traveling. Or it could have been her volunteering at like an old folks home and like going back to that original scene at the bus stop where she saw that older woman and exploring like what does it mean to actually be human instead of just a woman. But what is the appeal of living outside of Barbie land? That's a problem I, think, I have. I think I think the I think it's about feelings. Because I think that's the only she feels these feelings for the first time and I think that she's like, "Oh my gosh, like this is great to have feelings." I mean, I understand the need to for it to be about a character who feels empathy and certainly is becoming a human being but being a human being is obviously nowhere near as much fun as it is living in barbie land because you're barbie yeah so i fail to see how she would even like living in the real world being a real problem being a real woman having women problems let alone problems that anybody in this world would have the struggles and the you know, the con- the conflicting... Ooh, maybe it could be her in old age makeup on her deathbed saying, why did I ever leave Barbie land? That would make it the last temptation of Barbie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly joking, but like, I, I have no idea. You know, there's... I don't know... <laughs> If anything, I admired that final moment because I thought, okay, that's the last thing in the world I would have thought this film would conclude with. And yeah, and so I'm a little flabbergasted by it because it's like, okay, what does it mean? What does it mean as a metaphor? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything as a metaphor. Is, is this Barbie's... I mean, look, Iron Man, okay? When Iron Man ends with Tony Stark saying, well, I am Iron Man, I thought that's that's an amazing ending Mm -hmm. because it's going to get rid of the whole Superman thing. Like, no, like he is out there and the film ends definitively with him declaring his identity. I don't know if this is quite the same thing. And I don't know if I really want her living in the real world. But at the same time... Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess Barbie two will answer all of these questions. Are there going to be a Barbie two? Are you kidding? There's probably going to be a Barbie seven. <laughs> oh yeah, they're going to make this for as long as they can. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. No, no. I mean, I think, I think, I, I suspect by the time this is posted, they'll probably announce officially that Barbie two is coming in a couple <laughs> of years. No, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. Well, I, the other thing I was thinking of is. The movie definitely talks about how the patriarchy is bad, but it also talks about, I think, a little bit of how, like, the matriarchy doesn't quite work either, and so I feel like it's trying to come up with, you know... I don't think it's saying how the matriarchy doesn't... I think this movie is pro-matriarchy. Well, I and think, I know I'm being but very I, Ken saying that right now. But don't you think that the... The Barbies realize that they've been completely just ignoring the Kens, and that's why the Kens lashed out. In the no, first place. I think Barbie realizes that she's been ignoring her Ken, her beach Ken. But no, I don't think the film is about that. Because hmm. I think the film is really dealing. I mean, this whole thing about Ken doing what he does, it is this idea of, for example, there's this film I love. Uh, it's oddly 
similar in this way, in this way only. There's a Roger Corman movie called The Intruder. It's with William Shatner. It's one of the few dramas he ever did that's worth seeing. I love Shatner, but he's kind of a hammy actor. He did this film. He's a white supremacist. He goes into this town and basically spreads his beliefs of white supremacy. And he basically gets the town to be a bunch of raving, nutso racists. Mm-hmm. And he like he's like the music man. He's like Harold Hill. He goes from town to town and he does this. So the film, I mean, it, it's dealing with this idea of how ideas, good or bad, spread. How they're like diseases. How we catch these things. And, and people, for whatever reason, good or bad, and in this case, very bad, latch on to ideas because it feels like an antidote or feels like, you know, it, whatever the reason that people give in to these ideas um, and how an idea can be like a virus. So I think in its way, the Barbie movie is doing that with Ken, illustrating what it is when an idea is like a tidal wave upon a group of people, whatever that group of people is. Um, and that's interesting. But at the same time, the movie is positioning Ken as the villain, even though I think the movie likes Ken. And we're supposed to like Kevin. Uh, Kevin. We're supposed to like Ken enough that you know we don't really posit him as the movie's true evil. So, yeah, you know, it's not just that the film ends in a way that it's very provocative, but then you go, well, and then what? Right. Well, what's, the, what's that trip to the gynecologist going to be like? But then it's, it's also this thing of... Um, there, there's just there's so... There's a lot of big ideas here. Yeah, there's over. so many things in the movie that you're kind of like, wait, wait, what? Is it about this? Is it about this? Because at face value, it's blatantly completely ridiculous yes but there is you know but it's the people who wrote it are intelligent and they're they're not you know again like this could have been the easiest cheesiest corniest the movie could have been like the garfield movie yeah you know Mm -hmm. and i think everybody expected it to and especially after that teaser trailer i thought there's no way they're going to do a barbie movie that's actually aiming to be smart and intellectual but they did. I don't think everything works here. It's overstuffed. You know, and, and some of these, some of the provocative things, again, like it's more worthwhile as a talking point than exactly how the movie explores it. But there's a lot going on here. And that's why that's one of the things I really like about it. And I, I think the two performances, weird to say, maybe too early to say, but Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling, I think they're both Oscar worthy here. Yeah. I love what they do. I, I think I'm giving it four stars. Wow. Four stars. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. Not because it's perfect, but because it was a really fun night at the movies. Went with my friend Cassidy and we had a great time. We dressed up in our pink dresses. Oh, man. And and I laughed throughout this whole thing. Now, whether all the ideas make sense or, you know, it totally is connecting all the dots. It's it's not, you know, but it's hilarious and absurd and there are some really funny uh, imagery and and different ideas that they throw out there. And and probably the nostalgia factor, that was part of it for me, too. Mm. So I, I would see it again. And I would show B when she was older. And I think... Much, much mu- Much, older. much older. Yes. But I think, you know, <laughs> also, like, yeah, if you want to show your kids and talk about the, the different issues that it brings up... Mm-hmm. I, it's a good leaping off point to talk about different things. I would say so. Yeah. 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 So yeah, four stars for me. I say any class that deals with social change and social issue, any any like college course I'm talking about, like you know dealing with the issues of 20th century versus 21st century feminism, 
yeah, I think this film, you know, it doesn't connect all the dots completely. And clearly, it doesn't connect with everybody's social or political points of view. And that's okay. But again, who would have thought the Barbie movie of all films this summer would even attempt to do so? Yep. So, no, I dig. Three stars for me. Um, there are times where I think like, oh, not quite funny enough. I, I really wasn't crazy about Kate McKinnon or Will Ferrell in this. I love them both, but I feel like they're it's typecast. They've both done this. So many, like these character types, they've done too many times, honestly. And um, yeah, I don't think the Ken song at the end is very good and it needs to be a showstopper and it's just not. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I was couldn't think of to say earlier. It's not so much the final scene of her going to the gynecologist. It's the feel-good schmaltz of her and Rhea Perlman, you know, the whole Folgers commercial thing that happens before oh, the end of the film. Okay. I, you know, the the emotion and sentiment of this movie doesn't always work because so much of it is, you know, so crazy. But I did love how surreal it gets. I love that every car crash in the movie looks exactly the same way because that's what it looks like when you're a little kid playing with cars. I love Michael Sarah's contribution, as weird as it was. No, it's a fun movie. I saw it the same day as Oppenheimer back to back. I don't know and don't care when I'm going to see Oppenheimer again, but I would like to see the Barbie movie again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely. So three stars for me. I'm definitely going to see it again when it comes on streaming. Let's see if it's. I still laugh as much as I did the first time. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we both liked the Barbie movie. There we, we go. Did. How much hate mail do you think we're going to get over this? I How many Kens do you think are going to email us about this? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Angry Ken. Angry Ken. All right. Well, I think we did it. And I think that concludes our discussion of Barbie. Good night, Kens. Good night, Kens.